Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland. It's the Athletics 5, the Indians 4. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and we finally get to talk about that game on the field again, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And of course, it was a late night for us Cleveland fans. I don't know how you did it wherever you are around the world. Uh, I made it to about the middle of the eighth inning, and I just could not keep my eyes open anymore. I'm watching on my phone with the screen brightness all the way down, and I just couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. But I figured, all right, a 4-3 lead, and we've got Karinczak and Klasse still in the pen. What could possibly go wrong? Go to sleep, wake up in the morning, check my phone. What? Why? How? It can't be. Impossible. Classe blows the save and gives up a walk-off home run to Jed Lowry. Come on. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Emmanuel Classe, who up until that Kansas City Royals series had not given up a home run the entire season, gives up a home run to Jed Lowry? Former Red Sox, Jed Lowry? Come on, man. So the Indians start the second half of the season getting walked off by the Oakland Athletics. Let's get into the storylines. Let's talk about it. I know we've been talking about big picture stuff for the last few episodes. We've been talking about big picture stuff all week here in Cleveland, right? Will they be buyers? Will they be sellers? What are they going to name the team? Now it's time to get back into the minutiae, get back into the details, get back into the games, get back into baseball. All right, so the storylines, obviously, Classe is the top storyline, and it was a rough inning anyways. Like, it didn't even start smooth for him. I mean, it's a two-run home run that he ends up giving up. So Elvis Andrews singles through the right side. Uh, I believe on a cutter. I believe Andrews nails a cutter through the right side to lead off the inning. Matt Olson then lines out to Cesar Hernandez. So no cheap out there. What was the exit velocity on that? Oh, it was a 54.6 mile per hour line. Can you even call it a line out at 54.6 mile per hour exit velocity? I think we need to come up with a new term for that. A, a float out, right? A, it's not a bloop out, right? We all know what a bloop is. Uh, for a floating liner, we, we need a new term for that, a flying out. Uh, anyways, Matt Olson lines out for the first out, but then Jed Lowry gets a four-seam fastball. And it would be the only four-seam fastball that Emmanuel Classe would decide to throw on the day. He threw six cutters, one four-seamer, and one slider. It was a 1-1 count. I don't know why they decided to go with a four-seam fastball. Uh, he got it up. The radar gun said 101. Uh, baseball savant says 100.5. It was called for down in a way, and it came belt high in. So obviously misses with location, but that's not something new for Class A. I mean, he's definitely someone that uses his velocity much more than his uh then his location and his pinpoint accuracy, you know, when you throw a 101-mile-per-hour cutter, you can miss. You can miss your target and still get a strike. 
But he decides to go with a four-seam fastball, misses his location, and Lowry, Lowry, who had been, man, he really seemed like he'd been swinging for the fences all day. He flew out a couple of times uh, earlier in the day, and he finally gets one here and walks it off versus the Indians. So that is the top story. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Classe goes back to that pitch because it has been a struggle for Classe recently. In his last four consecutive outings, Houston, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and Oakland, he has either taken the loss or blown the save in all four outings. In five of his last six outings, he has given up runs. In five of his last six outings, he had given up runs. Back on June 25th, his ERA was down to 0.85. And then six outings later, it's up at 219. He's given up earned runs in his last three outings. Uh, that one on July 4th against Houston was an unearned run because it was in the 10th inning. Um, and I, I don't I don't remember how that run came around to score, but they moved that runner from second around and it goes as an unearned run. Um, so yeah, it has been a real struggle for Emmanuel Classe lately. I saw some Yahoo on Indians Twitter saying, oh, it must be that sticky stuff, huh? Stick, you know, can't use the sticky stuff. No coincidence. No, his spin rate isn't down. In fact, his, his spin rate on his cutter was actually up from his yearly average. Um, so, yeah, it has absolutely nothing. His slider was down 12 RPMs from his yearly average. So it has nothing to do with uh, with the sticky stuff, at least based on the data from this from this outing. Yeah, Classe is really having trouble lately. And now he's given up home runs in back-to-back appearances after not giving up any the entire season. So yeah, so uh, it's a blown save loss for Emmanuel Classe. He has not gotten a save since June 16th. It has been one full month since Emmanuel Classe has gotten a save. And... I mean, if you're Francona, you can't use him in the ninth inning right now. I mean, you're probably worried of using him in the eighth inning. He really has to figure out, is it a location thing? If it's not a speed thing, is it a location thing? Does he need to work on his location and actually hitting where Roberto Perez calls for these pitches? Because, I mean, if you, you could be the hardest thrower in the world, but if you can't locate it, it ain't going to be very effective. And it's not walks for him. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's giving up hits. He's getting hit around because of it. He's not getting any whiff. He's never been a high whiff guy. He's always gotten ground balls. That's always been his savior, getting ground balls. Um, Elvis Andrews shoots his ground ball through the right side, though. So, you know, what are you going to do if you're Class A? All right, so that is the top storyline. I mean, I could just hammer Class A for 20 minutes, but there's other things to talk about. And uh, speaking of Elvis Andrews, that guy... Freaking kills the Indians. Unbelievable. The, the heart of their lineup, 2-3-4. I know, usually the heart of the lineup is 3-4-5, but Chapman is really struggling. 2-3-4 uh, absolutely killed the Indians yesterday. Uh, they had 9 of the 12 hits. Elvis Andrews goes 3-for-5 with 2 runs scored. Matt Olsen goes 3-for-5 with 2 doubles in RBI and a run scored. And Jed Lowry goes three for five with a homer, 
one run scored, and three RBIs, including, remember, he had that bloop single earlier in the game that absolutely, I wonder what the expected batting average was on that, because I have a feeling it's going to be high because it was in no man's land. Uh, There was really, no, the expected batting average was .080. It just happened to fall in this no man's land triangle between first base, between second base, and between right field. And I don't I don't blame anyone on that one. I mean, maybe Harold Ramirez got a bad jump on it. Maybe Cesar Hernandez gave up on it too early. Uh, but it just felt like one of those balls that no one could get to. So I'm surprised the expected batting average is so low. But yeah, Jed Lowry killing the Indians there. So I've, nobody kills the Indians like Elvis Andrews, though. His career batting average against the Indians, and I have no clue if this was updated from last night. He is a 371 hitter over here on Baseball Reference against the Cleveland Indians. The best of any team he's ever faced. Against the Milwaukee Brewers, he's a 360 hitter. The Braves, 359, but those are interleague games. He's, he's faced the Indians 75 times in his career. He's only faced Milwaukee 13 times in Atlanta, 9. So, I mean, those are outliers of interleague play. Tampa Bay is the next team that he really destroys. He's faced them uh, eighty in 80 games against them. He's got a 309 betting average against Tampa Bay. So, 371 against the Indians compared to 309 against Tampa Bay. Uh, his OPS against the Indians, the best of anybody in his career, 992. He's, he, by the end of this series, he could be up over 1,000 OPS in his career against the Indians. Like, it's it's that kind of trajectory right now. The Braves, he's at 969. Milwaukee, 878. And Tampa Bay, who he also destroys, 809. So his OPS against the Indians versus Tampa Bay is almost 200 percentage points higher against the Indians than it is the next team he faces often, which would be the Tampa Bay Rays. That is freaking incredible. I mean, when you talk about killing the Indians, Elvis Andrews absolutely destroys Cleveland pitching. Um, So, yeah, so he did it again. He set up a bunch of rallies for them and ends up scoring twice. Um, He sets up that rally for them when they score a bunch in uh, in the third inning. Uh, We'll jump down to that. And I felt bad for Eli Morgan in this inning because he was trying to work his way out of it. I mean, with two outs, he gets Kemp to line out. He gets Lariano to fly out. uh, And then gives up the single to Elvis Andrews. So this whole thing happens with two outs. He, uh, it was a nice, lazy loop over the shortstop's head, you know, for a single. Nothing you could do there. Matt Olsen screams a double off the right field wall. I thought that... um, Harold Ramirez trapped himself against the wall. He took kind of a bad line on it, traps himself against the wall, so the ball scoots past him on the ricochet here. I think at first he thought he might be able to catch this one, and he might have been able to. Didn't hit very high off the wall. But uh, you got to either commit to going for that catch or back off so you could take the ricochet. If he fields it cleanly off the wall and gets it in quickly, there's a chance Elvis Andrews does not score on that. I mean... There, there was a throw home. There wasn't a real play at the plate. He scores pretty easily, but he didn't get a good jump. I mean, with two outs, you have to be running. I mean, if I were the Oakland fans and he were to get thrown out in that situation, I would have been furious because with two outs, there's no reason to lollygag it around second base, and that's exactly what he does. 
He's barely hustling around second base. He's barely hustling all the way home. Uh, he never really kicks it into gear. And uh, But anyways, twice in this game, Harold Ramirez trapped himself against the wall and let balls ricochet past him. So, uh, yeah, so it goes for a double for Matt Olson, who that guy takes a great swing. Man, he just has a great swing. Jed Lowry with the ridiculous bloop single then. He should have gotten out of it. Should have only been one run. Instead, this bloop single drops, and Matt Olson comes in to score, and then finally gets Chapman to pop out. Uh, so, yeah, then Moreland leads off the next inning with a monster home run. 106-mile-per-hour uh, exit velocity. Let's see what happened there in that matchup against Moreland for Eli Morgan. Oh, it was the changeup. Oh, he hung him a changeup. So he tries to go in with the fastball, and he fouls it off. Then he tries to come in in a similar location with the changeup, and he absolutely destroys it. I would love, I would love if baseball savant could show us where the catcher was set up for that pitch. I would love to see that because I'm guessing that is not where Perez called for that pitch to be. I'm guessing that changeup was probably called for away, and he threw it in. In fact, you know what? Let's pull up the highlight and let's find out for sure. Oh, yeah. He missed big time. I called it. Perez was set up down and away, bottom corner of the zone, and he absolutely missed all the way across the strike zone on an 0-1 count and hung that for Mitch Moreland. So there you go. You miss your target. That's how quickly uh, it could go from uh, bad to worse. So uh, they tag Eli Morgan for three runs, but you know what? Classic Eli Morgan start. Do you realize in his last four starts, Eli Morgan has gone five innings every single time. He somehow finds a way to squeak five innings out of every single start. Let's see how long it's actually been here. Um, He goes five innings, five innings, five. Yeah, his last four starts have all been five innings. Before that was the start against Baltimore where he went three and two-thirds. So, um, yeah, it's been five innings for the last four starts, and he just figures out a way to get through five. Now, it hasn't been pretty. He's gotten hit around pretty hard. I mean, his ERA is still up at like 7.86. I mean, if you take away that crazy start in May against Toronto, his ERA for June was 7.24. His ERA for July is at 5.40. So it has not been a really pretty ERA, even if you take away that outlier in May. So that's what Eli Morgan is bringing to the table. I thought thought he battled. I thought he did a decent job. I think there's a good starting pitcher in there, someone that keeps, keeps hitters off balance. His final line on the day was five innings pitch, seven hits, three earned runs, one walk, and six strikeouts, and the one home run allowed. He was only hard hit seven times on 84 pitches, so it's not a terrible start by any means for Eli Morgan. He kept us in the game, and in fact, the bullpen does a good job of keeping us in the game until Classe gives up that home run. Mayton comes in, yeah, struggles a little bit, but gets two strikeouts. Brian Shaw comes in, struggles a lot, but doesn't let anyone score. Brian Shaw comes in with the lead in the seventh inning, ends up giving up a big double. Let's go to that seventh inning. Let's see how it all went down. Um, Ends up giving up a big double to Matt Olson after striking out Andrews. Gives up the single to Jed Lowry to left field, but Lowry hit it hard enough 
that Oscar Mercado was able to come up throwing, and they throw a big break sign on Matt Olson. And it's a good thing they did, too, because Oscar Mercado threw a strike from left field to home plate. I mean, uh, Perez barely had to move his glove. It was that good of a throw. It wasn't... You know, Eddie Rosario might have a stronger arm out there in left field, but if that was Eddie Rosario, he absolutely would have sailed that throw all the way to the backstop. Instead, Oscar Mercado doesn't get as much heat on the throw, but throws very accurately from left field. Holds him Matt Olson at third base. He then walks Chapman to load the bases, bringing up Mitch Moreland, who is already homered in the game, and gets him to strike out looking absolutely paints the bottom corner of the strike zone. Let me go to the matchup to see where that pitch was located. And uh, Moreland didn't believe it. Moreland was pissed off. But this is absolute paint. Three cutters in a row. He fouls off the first one, fouls off the second one away, and then absolutely paints the bottom of the corner for strike three. That's what I'm talking about from Brian Shaw. And then Sean Murphy, same thing. Cutter, 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 cutter. First one is a swinging strike. It's a cutter away. Then goes way away with a cutter. Misses for uh, for ball one. Throws him a cutter in that he fouls off. And then throws him one right down the pipe. I mean, right down the pipe, a little bit above the knees. And he just stares at it for strike three with the bases loaded. I mean, everything in his gut must have been saying off-speed pitch. Everything for Sean Murphy must have been saying off-speed pitch, and instead he gets the cutter, a hard cutter at 96, the hardest cutter of the entire at-bat, and just locks him up with it. That's crazy. That one away, uh, the second pitch that was that cutter away, I got to give Roberto Perez a lot of credit because some catchers would swing the backhand out there for it, right? Right? Some catchers might take a knee, try to catch that thing on the backhand. And a lot of catchers, that ball's going to the backstop and a run's coming in to score, but not Roberto Perez. His move where he slides out to his right and blocks the ball might be the best in baseball. It really might be. And I know that's something that Sandy Alomar works on with these guys in spring training. I know it's something they drill into him. You do not just backhand a ball. You Get your body in front of it. That is a lesson for all young baseball players out there. I don't care if you're the shortstop on your team or the catcher or the center fielder. Going to the backhand is a last resort. If you can get your body in front of it, get that body in front of it. So great job from Brian Shaw and Roberto Perez there to get out of things in the seventh inning. And then uh, Karinczyk doesn't have a strikeout, but he has a really calm, chill eighth inning. I mean, he gets a ground out from Seth Brown. He gets Tony Kemp to fly out. And he gets Ramon Lariano to fly out. So it's a pretty smooth, pretty easy inning for Karinczak. And you know what? That is a decision that Terry Francona made. That's the bottom of their order, turning it over to the leadoff man. Whereas Class A had to face the best hitters in the lineup. And I'm sorry, I want Karinczak facing the best hitters in the lineup. I actually would understand if you flip those innings around, if Andrews is leading off the eighth inning, eighth inning I get going with Karinczak there. But with Seth Brown and Tony Kemp and Lariano, you're almost wasting Karinczak against those guys when Andrews and Olsen and Lowry have been killing you all night. 
I think that one's a little on Terry Francona for not using Karen Check against the best hitters in the athletics lineup. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens for the next two days when those guys come up late in the game and who's facing them because I don't think it'll be Classe again. All right, and then the last storyline, the Indians did rally, by the way. The Indians, for all the doom and gloom in this episode, the Indians did have a lead for a lot of this game. I mean, they're down 3 nothing, and then they rally back for four runs in the next three innings. So it really felt like the Indians had swung all the momentum in their favor. Roberto Perez gets things going with a big solo home run out to left field, puts it off the facing in left field. What was the exit velocity on that home run uh, from Roberto Perez? 107.1 mile per hour exit velocity. That is nice. Uh, It's good redemption because he had a chance earlier in the game uh, with two guys on and he struck out in the second inning. So he had a chance to do a little bit of damage there in the second and couldn't get it done. So he comes back with a solo home run to lead off the fifth. And then in the sixth inning, all it took was getting somebody on base. This is their third time through the lineup. And all it took was just getting somebody on base ahead of Jose Ramirez, ahead of Fermil Reyes to make something happen. Ahmed Rosario beats out a crazy uh, infield single. It ricochets off of Chapman's at third base for them, right? Yeah, it ricochets off Chapman, bounces to Andrews, Andrews barehands it in the air and fires across the first, but Ahmed Rosario is too fast to beat that out. If that's Roberto Perez running, Elvis Andrews just made himself a web gem. But with Ahmed Rosario running, it's a single. Then Jose Ramirez shoots a single through the right side. He takes a great approach and shoots one through. Is there anyone better at baseball than working himself back into a bat than Jose Ramirez? I don't know where you would find this stat, but I want to see guys that get in the hole 0-2 and then what their result is, what their on-base percentage is after being in the hole 0-2. I feel like Jose Ramirez probably is one of the best in all of baseball. Uh, Fermil Reyes then comes through with a single. He shoots one up the middle. Ahmed Rosario comes in to score. Jose Ramirez hustles his way all the way over to third, which would be huge because at third, less than two outs, So many ways to score. Bobby Bradley would strike out, but Harold Ramirez would deliver a sack fly to center field. Sometimes that's all it takes. And uh, Jose Ramirez comes in easily to score. No throw. Throw gets cut off at the pitcher's mound. Doesn't even come home. So we tie the game up in that inning. So yeah, that's a really big inning from the Indians there to kind of manufacture three singles in a row and then a sack fly to manufacture, make two runs happen. I mean, how many times have we lived and died by the long ball, and then we have an inning like this where we actually put together a rally? Beautiful to see. And then in the seventh inning, it's Bradley Zimmer. Of all hitters, Bradley Zimmer gets a home run 111 mile per hour exit velocity, 424 feet just to the right of dead center field in a huge ballpark there in Oakland, 920 expected batting average. Let's go to this at bat. And let's take a look here at uh, what how they were attacking Bradley Zimmer and what he did to get this home run. Um, and it's his first of the entire season. And you know what it was? It was a case of two changeups in a row. He showed him the speed, showed him the speed again. I mean, this pitch is away. 
But Bradley Zipper's got such a huge frame, such long arms, that it wasn't a problem for him to get the barrel out there. The first one is a changeup in that he swings that he swings through. The next one, a changeup away. And let's do the same thing we did with Moreland's home run. Let's take a look at this home run, and let's see where the catcher was set up. No, that's right where the... Well, the catcher was calling for it away, but he was calling for it down and away. Uh, he was definitely looking for something outside the or down below the zone, below the knees, and he ended up throwing it right there at the belly button. So, yeah, so, again, missing your location. Sometimes it's not about missing in and out. Sometimes it's about missing up and down. And this time, Petit, the uh, reliever for athletics, he missed up with this pitch. And Bradley Zimmer finally gets his first home run. You know what? Bradley Zimmer had himself a pretty good day. Ran down some balls in center field. Had an infield single earlier in the game trying to set something up um, where he uh, basically chopped one in that no man's land between the pitcher and the first baseman and is able to just beat it out with his speed. So, yeah, you know what? Two hits on the day. Him and Ahmed Rosario are the only ones with uh, multi-hit days for the Indians. Uh, Nobody on the pitching side. Maybe Brian Shaw for working his way out of that inning, getting three strikeouts. He did strike out the side. Um, in that seventh inning, but I think I got to give Bradley Zimmer MVP for the day. I mean, the guy hits the first home run of the season. Uh, first home run probably since, I don't think he hit one in 2020, did he? Maybe his first home run since uh, since 2019. Actually, you know what? Let's take a look. Let's take a look at the last season that Bradley Zimmer had a home run in. Oh, I was wrong. He did have one in 2020. He only had 50 plate appearances in 2020, but he did have one home run. He only had six hits in 2020, and one of them was a home run. He had no uh, home runs in 2019. He only appeared in nine games. So you had to go back all the way then to 2018. Where he, I mean, he's got 12 home runs for his major league career in covering five seasons. So not necessarily known for the power, but he gets his first of the season, and you know it felt great. Everybody in the dugout was pumped for him. Uh, Fermio Reyes was joking with him, doing the bazooka, and uh, yeah, it was great. Roberto Perez was all pumped up for him. A lot of high fives going around for Bradley Zimmer when he got when he gets back into the dugout. So he gave them a chance to win, and for that, he gets MVP for the day. All right, we got to run it back. We got to do it again and uh, take another swing at it because we had this one. We had this one. Am I am I blaming Terry Francona too much, or are we not blaming Terry Francona enough? For uh, he had a choice, Karen Check or Class A, and he decided to go Karen Check first and Class A second, and it burns him. All right, it's a four oh seven game. The next two days are all four oh seven games, so a little reprieve for us uh, here in the Eastern Time Zone. It's going to be Quantrill going against Montas. For the athletics. And then on Sunday, it's going to be Plesak, and they have not announced their starter yet for the athletics. How do you not announce your starter? You're coming off the all star break. You know who's pitching, you know who's available. How have you not announced your starter yet? So, anyways, Quantrill is going at it tomorrow. And can he do the same thing that Eli Morgan did last night, which was keep him in the game? Just keep him. That's really what we're asking of guys like Morgan and Quantrill right now. Will they develop to be all-star pitchers one day? Maybe. Maybe maybe Quantrill's sinker will become the hot pitch. Maybe Eli Morgan's changeup will be talked about the way 
that uh, we talk about the changeups from some of those White Sox pitchers, right? Giolito's changeup. Maybe we'll talk about it like that one day. Right now, can you just keep us in games and give the offense a few times through the lineup to see if they could put together some rallies, hit some home runs? That's what we're asking. All right, so that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. It was fun to talk baseball with you again. And I appreciate everybody that has been listening, that listened to those All-Star Game episodes. We got some really good plays, some really good downloads on those episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show, just like a radio call-in show. You can call in, tell me your thoughts, and I'll respond and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. 